Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college half of our flagship pod here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. It's the first show of 2023. It's the first one of the year. It's always just a little bit special. You know, you're kind of figuring out what you want to be talking about this year. You just got done with the holidays. Um, so I think we have, well, we promised you guys early signing day. So tonight was an easy one. That's what we're going to talk yep. about uh, to decide. Uh, and I, it's it's been a couple weeks, but I'm excited to finally be able to actually talk about everything that happened on early signing day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we talked about it. You m- m- talked about it more than I did uh, on Debbie Debate and on the live stream and stuff. But um, we have had time to digest some of this now, and even there's a couple of late flips, honestly, uh, which have been kind of interesting here. Um, so it's uh, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, um, so that's that's what is going to be the topic of the entirety of tonight's episode, uh, basically. Um, so we can jump right into it here, Colin. I do want to ask you before we start, though, because it is the new year. And I believe we talked about this last year. I have to go back and listen and see what we said our resolutions are, where I'm sure I did not do mine. Um, what's your resolution for 2023, though? Oh, man, I don't know what mine was last year. And I don't really... I don't really have a resolution for this year. I mean, you know, I want to get in shape for the wedding, you know, shed a couple of LBs for that. Um, but this is, uh, I will be, I'll be turning 30 this year. So it's a, it is a big year. I should You're probably come up with something. Um, like a That's year good. and a half. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll be 31 this year. So yes. Um, mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, you um, and my brother are both like later birthdays for your years, and mine's a little bit earlier. Gotcha. Okay. For like where I we thought, were. In I thought school. you just got, but you were two years behind me in school, right? Yeah. Yes, two grades behind. Yeah. I'm assuming that's just because you got held back. Yeah, um, I, I'm like the one of those football of the quarterbacks in Texas. You think I got held back for uh, to, to to be a little bit bigger and stronger than everybody else? That didn't and work. It out. Didn't it? Didn't help one damn bit um so no resolution from colin except for quote unquote maybe lose a couple of lbs for the wedding yeah well that what, shouldn't be a maybe that should what, be a what are your action steps to start on that path colin because you know i mean time's ticking you've been saying that you were going <laughs> to do is. this like mm-hmm. this wedding did not just decide to happen you've been it, it did for sneak a while up now so um I mean, i'm just asking no, i've been i've uh i've been going to the gym um two days a week uh, both the days that i'm in the office i'll go in uh, so that will continue as well. But I am playing in a rec basketball league on Monday nights now, uh, which will not go well for me. I haven't touched a basketball in probably like three years, and I am incredibly out of shape. But that cardio should help at least. Okay. All right. I'm penciling it down. I want to see. I want to see. You know, we did this a couple years ago, actually, Colin, and it was pretty successful for us. We should talk about mm-hmm. doing like a little weight loss like challenge thing. It was very successful for me. And they actually have places out there now where like you can like put money into it, like a league safe essentially. Mm-hmm. And then like you have to like check in like every so often with like a, a picture from like a certain angle. So you're not like sitting there with, you know, rocks in your pockets or whatever. Um, <laughs> and like go, lose weight that way and like compete. So we should we should talk about doing that again here in the New York. I need that. That's my big resolution is to lose a few more pounds. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the issue when we did that before was I had significantly more weight to lose than you and my brother um and for anybody who doesn't know my brother he's like 150 pounds um so he doesn't 
Maybe. Just saw him this weekend. Maybe 155. He's not. He's not very heavy. Um, he uh, he's very skinny, so it's not fair for him. He doesn't have much weight to lose. But you and I, we, I don't know. I, well, mean, I, don't, yeah, I haven't seen you. He can't lately. participate. Yeah, I haven't seen you lately. So we'll. Uh, I'll take your word for it. I, I'll take you, your money. You know, you had a chance to see me this weekend, and you blew it. I, I yes, uh, I did have a chance to see you this weekend at the New Year's party. We were uh, hosting friends at our place as well. How was that? Was it a good time? It was a good time. I, I, yeah. I saw a message at like two two p.m. Like you were drunk already. Sound about right? Uh, it wasn't quite that early. Oh, okay. That's about the time I arrived, but it wasn't uh, that far after that. So okay, yeah. Let's just say that we brought thirty six Vizies for Kelsey and I, and we didn't bring any home. So um, there you go. we we mission accomplished there. Um, do you have any like C two C? Uh, New Year's resolutions column, like the you know mm. everything here, mm. content or mm. that's uh, a... write write more than one article. Um, I don't know what else. Do do uh, more than more than five shows without your robe on. I mean, I, I've got some some good. Ones uh, well, I mean, shows. If we're talking like live shows, like I don't do any with that. So like no, I you crush don't. that number. Um, and in terms of articles, I wrote two this year. So. Yeah. Okay. All Watch right. Yourself. I missed that. Watch yourself. Uh, or was it? Actually, it was three because I forgot the conference preview. So, man, look at you go. Yeah. I was a writing machine this year. Wow. Almost like, one I, a quarter. I legit can't believe that. I, um, I, I, I did not write as many articles as I wanted to. It was more than three. Mm-hmm. But, um, so. Well, I mean, the, the good thing with that is we uh, we have a fantastic staff who also yeah. does a great job writing. So I don't feel the need to do that. Year, year one, we had about on four. Things. We had about four writers, so yeah. it wasn't uncommon to be up to like three a.m. writing something because there was nobody else to do it. Yeah, now it's a little easier to just uh, not yeah. do it. So yeah, and focus on other things. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, we, we'll probably have some more announcements here in the next couple of weeks for for yeah. things that will be working on or, or changing here at C2C. All good things. All good things. All good things. Um, train's going to keep rolling through 2023. I do have one challenge for the listeners for a New Year's resolution. I want you to find one person that has never played in a college fantasy, Debbie, or C2C league and get them in one. That is everybody's goal for this year. So uh, make that your resolution. This It's January 2nd. You've got, you've got eight eight months and, and some change until we, uh, until you got to lock somebody in. So uh, but don't wait till the last time. minute. Don't wait till the last minute because you're going to be like calling with three garbage bags on them in the gym on the the stepmaster. Yeah, on May fifteenth, um, yeah. trying to <laughs> trying to lose the weight that he said he was going to start losing on January first. Don't do that. Don't do that. We uh, not not safe for anybody. Um, your birthday's right around. Or your your wedding's right around that, right? I'm pretty sure it's like two days after my birthday. Uh, Which, yes. by the way, I will make a huge deal about it being my birthday weekend while I'm there. So uh, I, I know you like. By the way, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, Kelsey got the invite. Yeah. You're, I guess you're her plus one. So, but yes, it is May twentieth. Is the I date? Knew I knew it. Um, all right. So without further ado, Colin, uh, early signing day. Really, really big day. Yeah. This year, I mean, I think there, there were some surprises, but not. Not anything like crazy, like not anything that wasn't kind of telegraphed for weeks. The way that some of these 
accounts were talking like there were going to be a bunch of big flips coming. And I guess there were, but yeah, we kind of had some runway on them. Dante Moore being the big one. And I should, let's actually start there before we, mm. we, uh, we go too deep into some of the classes. Dante Moore, a five-star quarterback in the class, was committed to Oregon for a long time, a really long time. Their offensive coordinator left to uh, become the head, head coach at Arizona State. We thought, well, maybe he'll stay, maybe he won't. Um, but the other schools that he was looking at weren't really looking for a quarterback at this point. Like the uh, uh, plans had changed. So he committed to UCLA. I think that's a really interesting spot. Yeah. We don't really think of Chip Kelly as like a QB developer, even though like his track record isn't terrible. He got Marcus Mariota into mm-hmm. the NFL, and then he's had some other guy. I mean, he's never had like high-level recruits. He's always just looked like for really fast athletic dudes and kind of coached them up. This is the, really the first like legit high school guy I would say that he's gotten his hands on. I think this is a pretty interesting marriage because he doesn't necessarily do all the things that Chip Kelly wants to do, but I don't know that Chip Kelly's... I don't think you bring him in there if you just intend on running him like you ran DTR and yeah uh, and, and Mariota and um, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys. There was a guy on the practice squad for the Steelers for a while. I thought he was going to be amazing. Uh, he went into he the CFL. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, this is what happens when Dennis I try to Dixon? look up stuff is that on the, the guy Yeah, it's Dennis Dixon. I thought Dennis um, Dixon would be really good before yeah, he went down. That's college. not who I was thinking of. Who's the one who went to the CFL? He was after Mariota. That could be anybody. Else. That could be anybody. <laughs> Wouldn't be able to pick him out of the lineup. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, wh- what did you think of that flip column, which is really the first big domino of the ones that followed? Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Like you said, I, coming from kind of what we were expecting in an Oregon offense with Kenny Dillingham, now going over to UCLA, he doesn't really, like you touched on, he doesn't really fit what Chip Kelly traditionally looks for or does at the quarterback position so it'll be interesting to see how he integrates him because you don't get a five-star quarterback like this a top-tier recruit and jam that square peg into your round hole you know so they're going to need to tweak the offense a little bit for him now he does have mobility uh he's, he's very slippery in the pocket i think he's very evasive and he can extend plays really well He's not the type of guy who's going to take off and run like DTR or like Justin Martin, the guy that they brought in uh, in the class last year. Who I stupidly <laughs> thought there's no way they're going to over recruit on this guy. Like, yeah, it's just not that's not their ceiling. That's not their ceiling. Who are they going to go get? <laughs> who are they going to go get? Dante Moore. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how they kind of tweak the offense around him, and they're going to need to get him wide receivers and skill position players now. I think Dante Moore does a good job of anticipating wide receivers getting open and he's not afraid to throw it when it isn't there yet. Um, So they may not need to, you know, bring in like an absolute stud, but they have to get better at the wide receiver position. They don't really have anybody there. Kaz Allen, uh, Justin Marshall, the guy they brought in last year, they don't bring in really anybody significant in this year's class. So they're going to need to surround themselves with some wide receivers through the portal. Um, I think for him to be successful. The crazy thing is they really haven't been linked with anybody in the portal either. No. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do there. They did uh, also get Colin Schley yes. there. So I, it's going to be, I, it sounds like Schley this year, and then we'll reevaluate moving forward. If if Moore is as good as advertised, then Schley might just only be there for a year and then and then do the grad transfer out because I still think he has like two or three years left. Um, so... Uh, 
really interesting stuff there. That was the first kind of domino. And then the reaction to that was uh, Austin Novosad, who is a top 10 quarterback by the composite standards uh, from Texas, uh, a favorite of uh, one Matthew Bruning here at C2C. I believe he's actually doing an interview with him this week. They talk. Uh, Matt saw him at, at Elite 11 uh, this year and really, really liked him. But he had been committed to Baylor for like a year, 18 months, a very, very, yeah. very long time. Ohio State came knocking. He said no. A couple other schools, I believe Notre Dame came knocking. He said no. Uh, and then last minute, he, he pieced out to Oregon. Really screws Baylor. Yeah. For Oregon, I mean, I... He's not a guy that's gonna that should touch a field year one. If that happens, something went really, really wrong there. But I do think he can be a nice piece further down the line for them. Yeah, I, I think so too. The big question is, you know, what's the bag that Oregon threw at Novasad um, to get him over there? Uh, but I, I do think it's actually a pretty good fit. Um, you know, they bring in um, the OC Taylor. Yeah. Um, no, we talked about him. He was the guy at yeah. UTSA, right? Yeah. Um, I was thinking of Trailer from UTSA. It's well, not Jeff Stein. Trailer. Stein. Yes, Will Stein. Stein. Yes. Um, I like the offense that he runs. I think uh, Novasad will be able to fit in into that offense pretty well. He's got a big arm, um, throws a pretty nice deep ball. He can maneuver in the pocket. So I think it's going to be a good fit for him. And overall, I like the decision for Novasad to go to Oregon instead of Baylor. Um, but and he'll have weapons around him too. They bring in Jerry on Dickey. Uh, they bring in um, two running backs in this class, Dowdle and Lamar. Is that how you pronounce that one? I don't know. Lamar. Lamar. I think it's Lamar. Lamar. Yeah. Uh, so they bring in some running backs. They bring in some wide receivers. They, they have some nice pieces there around him. So he's not going to have to do it all. So I like that move for Novasad too. That was probably the big shock of the day. Although that had been rumored for about a day beforehand yeah that the that didn't i don't on the day did not really come down as a surprise we were all kind right. of waiting for it just waiting 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 for the official word right. um and then that did occur and there was there was a huge sog on the defense side of the ball with peyton bowen uh a safety but obviously doesn't really factor into 98 percent of I, uh, of c2c leagues i do play in a handful of idp leagues um Probably not. I never touched the kid that had the recruiting sock. It almost never works out. Yeah. So um, just rule of thumb. Um, so I, I'm probably not uh, going to be super interested in Peyton Bowen in IDP leagues. Um, but yeah, that that was kind of the big the, the big news on the day. Everything else went mostly according to plan. And weirdly enough, Colin, this year, I think more than most years, almost all these guys signed early. Like there are yeah. very few guys in the top, you know, 50, 100, 150 that we have that aren't committed. The big one is Deuce Robinson at this stage. I believe everybody else in uh, uh, that's like a big name has a home. I mean, you've got some lower rated guys. You've got a guy like uh, a Johnny Shakir, a wide receiver, who we have like as a tier four guy here. you got a guy like uh, Marcus Stokes, who was at only 11 QB, but he he famously uh, was was rapping some words that he were no, no words on a, a TikTok or Instagram or something and, and yeah. lost his scholarship there. Um, it, it seemed innocent enough, but you just can't do that. This, yeah. These days, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, and he's a kid. He'll learn. Exactly. But... 
but overall, like if, if I'm naming names you've never heard of, that's fine. Like these guys, it, it, these are, these might be like late round stashes and in, in supplemental drafts at best this year outside of Robinson. I mean, Robinson, it sounds like it's coming down to USC or Georgia. Uh, I would really prefer USC. <laughs> I had to pick one of those. Georgia, uh, not a place that I'm necessarily trying to send him. Not, not because I don't, you know, it's because they've already got two top tight ends in this class. They bring back Brock Bowers for a year. We still don't know what's happening with Arnold Washington. So let's, let's not play that game. Let's, let's send him someplace where he can get some early snaps. Agreed. Yeah. Like I said, they have Austin Delp there too. um, Whereas USC really has nothing. So. Um, yeah, there, that, that was definitely a big surprise, though, is that like all of these guys really signed early, except for, you know, a couple, one or two, at least on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, definitely a little bit of a surprise there on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. <sighs> all right, Colin, let, let's top. Let's just jump right into our top 10 classes here overall. So we have, for anybody that's not looked at them yet on the site on campusdecant.com, we have recruiting rankings. And you do have to be a member to see them, but I believe they're available at the scholar, or at the walk-on level of $2.99 a month, $29.99 a year. Uh, comes with those. And it, you can break it out by, uh, if you want to sort it by our rankers, uh, Big Water Super actually has a predictive model that he uses. You can sort it by that. Uh, you can kind of play around and, and, and sort it by position, all those good things. We also then take the average ratings that we do for all these players, and then we calculate who, what the classes, like the best fantasy classes are, quote unquote. You know, we're not talking offensive line, we're not talking anybody on the defensive side of the ball, special teams, who cares? We're just talking about the offensive skill guys, really. Um, so. I have the top 10 here in front of us and I do. I should, we probably talk about just how, how our rankings or how our, 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 um, yeah, like our, our grades work, Colin. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. A little so transparency, the very quick, very dirty. We have, um, specific grading criteria. We have like a, um, a template, uh, for every single position. We all use the same one. We crank out a grade, uh, somewhere between, you know, 1.000 being the best and, and obviously zero being the worst. Um, it's really hard to get anything above like a 0.85, to high point eight in our rankings, um, just based on how everything works out. So anything above like a point eight is pretty much our equivalent of a five star. Anything yeah. in the point sevens is pretty much our version of a a four star. The point sixes are like high, th- high, like really low four stars, uh, high three stars. Then anything below that is going to be like a low three star or you know below that. Um, so, um, so yeah, as we kind of go through these, just keep. Uh, your mind open that that's that's what we're talking about here. So top ten class rankings here, Colin. Guess who? Guess who number one is? Guess who number uh, who has the best class in the country, Colin? It's somebody that you would never expect. Uh, man, uh, there's this uh, up and coming guy I've heard about um, down south in in the little known SEC um, Southeastern Conference. There, I'm going to say it's that that plucky quarter uh, coach at Alabama, uh, Nick Saban. I'm going to say he has the best class. You know, Colin, you would be right. It is Man, those guys I, down there. Just it's the only reason I knew that's because I'm I'm so plugged in to recruiting um and, and so plugged into college football. Like your average college football fan would never guess that. It is pretty crazy. So we have they have nine total commits, nine nine fantasy relevant commits, and they have an average rating of the uh, from those players of 0. 0.7. So a four star, and they're the only um 
uh, team amongst us that that has uh, actually no, there's a couple more. They just don't have a huge composite score, uh, but their average is 0.7. Um, the notable players that they're bringing in here this year, guys, they have two quarterbacks uh, that grade fairly well for us. Eli Holstein, who comes in as our 44th ranked player overall, and Dinner, Dylan Lonergan right behind him uh, as our 55th overall player. Got two running backs coming in that look pretty good there, and Justice Haynes and Richard Young. Haynes is our sixth ranked overall player, Richard Young, 23rd. Then we've got a bunch of receivers. We've got Malik Benson, who some forget about, but the top Juco wide receiver in the country. And according to some, one of the better Juco wide receivers we've seen uh, in quite some time, Jalen Hale, uh, who is our 41st overall player at the moment. Uh, Jaron Hamilton, who is our 90th overall player, so a top 100 option for us. And then Cole Adams, a lower-rated kid, but I've actually heard some good things about him, and he seems like the kind of guy that um, you know, might hang around there a few years and then be weirdly relevant um uh down the you know further down the line they do bring in a tight end as well not a guy that we have particularly highly ranked he, uh ty lockwood um i mean this it's it's a very well-rounded class it's got players at every position my one complaint will be i don't know if either of these quarterbacks actually ever played there holstein is very much a developmental guy uh, but big like 6'4 220 like all the all the things that kind of come with that uh, and then Lonergan is like fine. Like I, I think he's a fine quarterback. He's not the kind of guy that like as I'm watching him in high school, I'm saying I think he's definitely going to start for Bama somewhere down the line, or at least he has a good chance to do that because they just bring these kids in every year. Yeah, I mean, I think both of these guys are uh, good quarterbacks. I mean, they're you know ranked ninth and eleventh in the class by the composite uh, rankings over on twenty four seven, but. I don't see either of these guys as Alabama quality quarterbacks. Um, I could see them very easily recruiting over uh, him. And did LSU got um, Colin Hurley, right? In next year's class. Who? Was that LSU that got him? Uh, the other quarterback, Colin. It. Why are we factoring in that already here, man? Well, I'm going to say these guys are going to get recruited over is what I'm saying. So I don't think these guys are going to see the field. I was agreeing with you. Um, I think these guys are going to get recruited over. And, and that's even, you know, they have Ty Simpson, who's from this year, five-star ahead of him. Um, Jalen Milrow, still in contention to start there. So it's not like they're going to see the field early. I don't think either of these guys have a future at Alabama. No, I, uh, I, I would agree with that. I don't like writing these kids off that early. So, like, I'm not going to say, like, these guys will never play there. Like, Mac Jones had, like, played a meaningful season at Alabama, and we've seen what Stetson Bennett is doing at Georgia. So I think those guys have kind of made it look more possible over the last couple of years. But I just think that's a very rare – like, it's incredibly rare when it happens. And the fact that it happened twice that close is just, like, almost a statistical anomaly. Like, I, I don't – especially with the portal nowadays, I don't know that we're going to – like it's not going to continue at that rate. That's for sure. So some of these lower rated guys, it's not even like, like these guys obviously aren't as lowly rated as those guys. Like these are, you know, bona fide quote unquote blue chip recruits. I hate that term because we throw it around for like any four star. And some of these guys just aren't four star quality at all. Um, but it's like, I, I just, I don't know that if I sit here today and had to be honest with myself, like I wouldn't be drafting Eli Holstein early. Like I was with maybe Ty Simpson last year and being like, I think this guy could be the heir apparent. I just don't, see that within like the logical range of outcomes but obviously i'm not rooting against these kids and it still might be something to monitor if they leave after year one 
they might be able to catch on with a job somewhere else and, and still be a factor relatively early in their careers. Colin Hurley uh, went to LSU. Um, Julian Sayan, that's what I was thinking of. Five-star next year. I so would, I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched any of the 2024 class, so I'm not going to comment. I haven't either, but I'm saying he's a five-star. They're already recruiting over these guys is my the point I was hey, getting at. We're going to talk about Clemson's class here in a minute. I can tell you right now, five-star ain't all it's cracked up to be at the quarterback position here, Colin. Class number two in the country, LSU, who has eight commits for an average grade of 0.67. So their average grade a little bit lower, but their composite overall still pretty dang good, although a decent amount of the way behind Alabama. Some of the headliners here in this class, Colin, we're a little lower on some of the skill guys in, in, in LSU's class than the like composite is, but still uh, pretty highly ranked overall for us. We have Shelton Sampson, at wide receiver, we have him as our 33rd ranked player. Ricky Collins uh, at quarterback is our 54th ranked player. Uh, Kyle Parker and Jalen Brown are the other two wide receivers here. I actually just rewatched Jalen Brown today and bumped his grade up a little bit, but they are our 113th and 121st overall players. We have two running backs, Caleb Jackson, who is our 46th overall player, and then Trey Hawley, a little bit lower. He's 122nd overall. And then a pair of tight ends, too. And Camorian Pimpton's an interesting guy. He actually did flip. I don't know if it was signing day um, or, or right before it, but uh, a like huge athletic guy that was originally uh, committed to Vanderbilt and why that sounds like dumb that LSU is fishing in those same waters. If you listen to the official at all and you listen to David at Solving Football, um, Vanderbilt has like a very novel, new approach to recruiting, recruiting because they know they can't win a lot of these big battles. So they kind of go after these diamonds in the rough. Their head of recruiting is the former guy at 24-7. So like they, they're plugged into some of these things, and they flipped Pimpton, who's a guy that probably won't play much, that much this year, but but further down the line. So he's interesting. And then another tight end that's like we have is like, a, like a borderline three-star guy. Not that not that highly rated, but an interesting class overall. Um, I, again, another class that I'm not sure I ever see Ricky Collins playing there, though, at least not for a couple years. Yeah, I think it's a couple years until he gets on the field, but I think he... I think he is a better fit at LSU schematically than what he would have been at Purdue. Uh, I think with uh, Denbrock there, he I could see Denbrock liking using Ricky Collins. So, you know, maybe maybe he doesn't play there, but at least schematically, I think that that's a solid fit. The guy that I like the most out of this class for LSU is Caleb Jackson, the running back. Um, he's He's got good long speed. We have him clocked at 20.6 miles per hour, at least the last time I checked our database there. Um, so he's got some good speed, good first step. Um, you know, he runs a little bit upright for my take, but he does still have solid contact balance. Um, so he's a guy that I think can get on the field there for them. And they don't have any other running backs that I love. I mean, they have John Emery Jr., Noah Kane, we don't know exactly what those guys are going to be doing. Uh, Josh Williams, the the guy, he was a walk on, I think, uh, this year, a very lowly rated guy. Yeah, um, he he got Flashed. some, yeah, he got some burn there with him. But Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock offenses do like to run the ball, so you know the the running back position there can definitely be fantasy relevant. So uh, I, I like. Caleb Jackson. I'm definitely intrigued by him at LSU. That's the most interesting player in their class for me. Yeah, I think, I mean, 
so here's Ricky Collins. I think I have comped him a little bit at times to to Jaden Daniel to Desmond Ritter. So I do I do kind of like the marriage there. Yeah, I do. So I, I not year one. Be interesting to see what they do this year because Jaden Daniels has said he's returning. That probably means you know Garrett Nussmeyer's in the portal. Like the, the, these Walker succession Howard. plans are changing. Walker Howard will never play a meaningful snap. <laughs> um, so I I kind of like Ricky Collins. I think he's being underrated a little bit in this class. Actually, um, originally committed to to Purdue a while ago and, and decommitted uh, from Louisiana. There, the other guy that I so I actually am really interested in Shelton Sampson. And he is a bit of an enigma. I talked about this on Debbie Debate a couple episodes ago, the one where we did a 2023 mock, um, a freshman mock. Samson is like, he's kind of QJ-ish, Quentin Johnston-ish. Like he's, he's six foot four, like 190s to, to maybe over 200. He's supposed to be, from a testing perspective, a very good athlete. I've just never really seen that from him on the field like it doesn't necessarily look it's always like it's always translating for him on the field but i i feel the need to hedge rank him a little bit just based on the fact that, like he does have this great size he does have these these uh top upper percentile um uh testing numbers for that size um i don't i'm, I'm still unsure of where exactly i want to take him because the problem is in supplemental drafts this year you'll have to take him you know, depending on the the free agent pool in your league, probably no later than like mid seconds. He is five star kid. I'm just not sure where, how I feel about him right now. Yeah, I'm. I feel similarly to you there, where I'm lower than consensus on him. Like I'm probably not going to end up with much Shelton Sampson at all. Like I, being a five star, going to LSU, big body, he's got the alpha size. People are going to look at that. So, yeah, I think mid-second is definitely where you're going to have to look to take him, uh, unless you're in, like, a no-waivers league, and then maybe he drops a little bit if you have some surprising guys on waivers. But overall, mid-second, probably where you'll be looking at him. That's early, too early for me to take him. So you're talking about the athleticism, and I agree with you. I don't see that level of athlete when I watch him. It just Maybe he's that level of a testing athlete, but he doesn't play that way. Maybe he can get to that point. Yeah, but, maybe he figures it out. Yeah, yeah. which is the scary part. <laughs> <laughs> which is why you hedge. But yeah, sometimes yeah. you hedge on a guy and they end up being Demond Demas. You know, yes, who was probably my biggest regret hedge guy. Yeah, um, and again, a guy that was just like a crazy athlete. I didn't think he showed it on the field. Demas had some other red flags, like even beyond like I don't think any of us knew that like this dude was going to hit a woman. Yeah, but um, and I, I mean, I like seriously, like that's what he did. Like he had domestic violence stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't think any of us could have predicted that, but he like hadn't played football in a couple of years. So like he came into to school, which I think is starting to become a thing that I clock a lot more. Like if they haven't played football in a while, cause a lot of these guys don't seem to figure it out if they haven't played like reps are just important. So DeMoss had other issues, but yeah, I mean, Samson, I have him right now. He's currently my wide receiver 11 and he's in like a band with, five or six other players that are very closely ranked. Like realistically, like you could rank them however you wanted. And I'm not going to get too snippy with you. So I just, yeah, I, but I, but I, I think he's intriguing and he could be a guy if he doesn't zero out that maybe I'm kind of looking at in the off season for next year. Yeah. I, I could see in, you know, maybe something, we'll, something we'll get into a little bit later, but I could see him being a zero this year. Um, but yeah, he's outside my top 10 too. I don't have quite as many receivers graded as you, so I don't, I'm not going to say like specifically 
where I have him right now, but he is outside my top 10. I do not see him getting inside the top 10 um, because I only am going to watch more players. So, um, yeah, not a guy that I will be all that in on. I'm finally officially 50 wide receivers graded deep. I'll probably get to about 80 um, by the end of February or so. So I have um, 20. So I am way behind you guys. But that's why I don't rank on the site because I'm not moving that quickly. Number three is Georgia in the class here, Colin. They have seven commits. Their average grade's a little bit higher than LSU, uh, but but fewer commits, and theirs are at um, positions that are not quite as important. No quarterbacks, for instance, in this class, so their class suffers a little bit. Their highest-rated guy for us is Roderick Robinson, who is a top-12 player for us in the class, and I was, I was just looking. He is a five-star for us. He's a point eight. So, Ooh, okay. um yeah, I, I personally really like him, and I'll tell you why. I know we're kind of starting to become split on him based on landing spot. Um, he's our top-rated guy. They've got four wide receivers coming in. I don't love any of these guys. Anthony Evans is our highest-rated guy right now, 89th overall. Uh, also, Tyler Williams, who's a guy that I know uh, some folks really, really like. I, I'm not as big of a fan of him. He's a bigger-bodied guy. I see... I don't know, Marcus Roseme Jackson when I look at him. Like, I don't know that he's any better coming out of high school than he was. And I know this this Georgia team's a tough nut to crack at the wide receiver position. Raymond Cottrell, uh, who actually just decommitted today. So yeah, uh, we'll have to change flipped, that. That's a and right? A and M, yeah. Yeah. And then Yazid Haynes, who I've never watched. I have no idea. Um, and then they do have two tight ends we talked about earlier. Pierce Sperlin or Pierce Sperlin is our eighty first overall player. Pretty good tight end, pretty good mover. Uh, Oscar Delp ish. And then Lawson Lucky, who is a guy that I think I'm higher on than the rest of us here, not by like a ton, but he is kind of Brock Bowers-ish, like almost like H-backy, obviously not as good of an athlete, but um, a really intriguing player in his own right. Um, Roderick Robinson, Colin, I mean, he's a top-rated guy here, and I think really the only guy that I'm probably touching consistently in 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 drafts this year how do you feel about robinson and him going to Georgia after being committed to ucla for so long <laughs> well uh, selfishly i wish he would have stayed at ucla because i think he would have been absolutely perfect replacement for uh, zach charbonnet i mean i think that that would have been he would have been, have been the guy that you want in or in fantasy drafts he would have been much higher up my board um for, for fantasy purposes, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, actually as a prospect, I mean, he's big, 6'1", 230. I think it's almost a little bit too big. I'd like to see him lean out a little bit. Um, but in terms of going to Georgia, I'm not scared off by that landing spot because, yes, they brought in uh, Branson Robinson this year and Andrew Paul. I'm not convinced Andrew Paul ends up staying there. Um, it's not like he was this like long time Georgia commit. Uh, he kind of committed at the end there. And if he doesn't start to see the field or if Kendall Milton comes back to, uh, and starts getting pushed down the depth chart, I could see him bolting. So that would just leave Robinson and Robinson there. And Georgia uses multiple backs anyway. So in terms of a landing spot, he can get on the field. He's not going to probably be anybody you want to start for fantasy purposes on the college side, but it's a good path for him for the NFL side. So I think you can, this is a, a solid landing spot, just not as good for CFF purposes as UCLA would have been. So I, 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 um, I get everything you're saying. And I think it's 
a very fair argument. I know, for instance, um, big wide receiver guy with us, he's very big on taking guys that are more likely to touch the field early. He doesn't want to take mess with the the Bama backfields or the the Georgia backfields or the OSU wide receiver room to a certain extent, unless you you see a special guy going in there. Um, just because it's it's so hard to touch the field in some of these places, and like you said, with you know LSU or Bama or whoever may be getting a quarterback next year, like it's not a maybe. Georgia will bring yeah. in running backs next year. Like it's they're always going to try to bring in one or two guys. But Robinson to me is just like that dude. He plays for Lincoln High School, who is a, is is in the upper levels of California high school football, playing some of the toughest competition there. Never won a state championship before. And he basically single-handedly carried them there while nursing a hamstring injury through the playoffs. He was consistently putting up 150, 200, 250, 300 yards on the ground. Just absolutely smashed. Put that team on his back. I just think like he's, you know, not to be too cliche, like a, a dog. He's that guy. <laughs> uh, whatever else the kids are saying, he's him. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the new one. If anyone had money on me using that term at all this year, I, you probably had pretty good odds, and you hit it on January 2nd, so no sweat <laughs> there on that bet for you guys. But I just think he's that guy. He's a he's a much better athlete than people want to give him credit for, even at the 230 pounds, and I actually don't think he's 230 pounds. Just looking at him, I would guess he's – I know this doesn't sound – but I bet he's closer to 225. And I bet it's not all great weight either. This is yeah. one of those kids that I think can really go into a weight program and transform their body and, and get into that kind of shape. George is actually not that deep at running back right now. Um, like a lot of the guys there aren't necessarily proven. I'm assuming Kendall Milton's going back, but like, damn, man, if you're good, you can get on the field over Kendall Milton as a ton of other running backs have shown over the past handful of years while he's been there. So I, I am not going to be dissuaded by him waiting obviously it would have been a lot better for him to go to ucla for us and just another side note quarterbacks five-star quarterbacks commit to your school early and stay there because i bet if dante moore was going to ucla roderick robinson wouldn't have flipped and that's one more guy for you to have there so just a lesson for all the five stars out there that i know we're watching um commit early and unless like there's a sex scandal and the program blows up you stay there and you go there um so so but yeah i mean i I think he's gonna be fine at georgia i i don't have him quite ranked at 0.8 actually i'm curious i'm gonna go and look at the grades to see who has him that high because that does seem a little high to me but overall i mean you can't argue too much with what he's done this year there's a couple people have him pretty high so it looks like our highest grader is we have two guys that have him as a four star uh and then actually a bunch of five have him Oh, I'm actually the second lowest on him. I might need to fix that. Nah, I'm third lowest. <laughs> I mean, I have him very generously graded, but yeah. Uh, so I, I, mean, everybody I think he'll grades be okay. differently. I think that was that was something that I was really entertained by in our uh, Slack is when uh, big wide receiver guy put in there about the uh, who's the harshest grader and who's the kindest grader. So. Uh, I, that that was really interesting to see. So I don't think you need to adjust the grade because comparatively, you have him ranked pretty highly. Um, let's move on to the next class here. I guess that's really all we need to talk about. Uh, Jordan is USC. And USC, you know, I saw a lot of articles out there calling them like losers on signing day because they didn't flip a couple of the guys that they thought they could, like blah, 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 whatever. They had their class locked in months ago. None of their guys have wavered at the at the offensive skill positions. Like 
you know, good good news there for USC fans. They've got Malachi with uh, he flirted with A and M for a little bit, didn't he? Was that more just to get the barbecue? No, he got he went and vis- he went and visited there with like six other guys, and then literally like made fun of it on when he got home. Like <laughs> no, he was never actually going to go there. Um, a and M like desperately wanted a quarterback this class, and they really didn't get one, which um, is fine with me. Uh, Malachi Nelson, our number one overall player, obviously going to USC. He is our our point eight seven, which is yeah our highest by a good amount in the rankings. Uh, Zachariah Branch, our, our wide receiver one and the fifth overall player. Makai Lemon, who is my top wide receiver overall and the number eight overall player, uh, he uh, is going there. Uh, they also have Jacoby Lane, who's a lower rated guy. He's our wide receiver one fifty seven. Um, then they have two running backs because they do need to replenish that backfield. Amarion Peterson, uh, our our uh, a 38th overall ranked player, and Quentin Joyner ranked 80th overall by us. Uh, I don't know, Colin. What what stands out to you here in this class? I mean, it's definitely got to be Nelson Branch Lemon. I mean, I think that is going to be a, a really interesting trio next year. Um, the problem is USC has been rumored to be flirting with a lot of wide receivers in the portal. Now that doesn't impact branch and lemon that much this year. I mean, it might cause them to potentially be year one zeros. Um, although I think they could both honestly contribute on special teams, but so my, my slight concern with that is if that pattern continues and Lincoln Riley continues to flirt with the Xavier Worthies and the Jordan Addisons and bring in these, you know, highly thought of guys with who are proven, um, you know, where does that leave Branch and Lemon? Because I really like both of these guys. Uh, now, I I have Jonte Cook as my wide receiver one, Lemon is my two, uh, and Branch is my three at this time. So those are my, those are two of my top three wide receivers. So I like both of those guys a lot. Nelson's my QB one. I like him a lot. Uh, this is just a very strong class and they USC puts up fantasy production there. Um, so those guys are all obviously top tier guys that you want. You're going to have to take them in the first round. I'm surprised that Quinton Joyner is as low as he is, to be honest. I, mean, I would have to look and see if he's one of the guys that gained a bunch of weight as a senior and looked like crap. Okay. That's interesting. That I haven't seen his, yeah, I don't. I don't think I've seen his senior stuff, so I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. But I think with uh, Quentin Joyner, he's got good size, five eleven, uh, two hundred three pounds. He hit twenty two miles per hour. Um, he gets to top speed quickly. He's got good acceleration. Um, I think he has. He's got good patience as well. He kind of keeps his feet moving, um, and then he'll show wait till his sees a hole, and then he'll burst through it. So I think. And we need to see more in the passing game. But this is a a system that we just saw Travis Dye do really well here. And we've seen some running backs perform well for fantasy purposes here. Um, always obviously a threat, like I was talking about with the wide receivers, that they bring in another portal running back or something. Uh, they flirted with a couple of them too. But if they don't, I like Quentin Joyner more than I like Amari and Peterson. Uh, and one of these guys could end up being uh, a nice fantasy option down the line um so joiner i'm just looking at the grades real quick a bunch of us have him as a low four star borderline four star so i mean there's one person nuking his grade and i'll leave it at that it's not (laughs) it's not alfred 
uh, Alfred nukes a lot of grades, but it was not <laughs> uh, him this time. Wasn't there um, somebody who was uh, Alfred nuked somebody and uh, somebody's pl- favorite player in this person? No, so, Alf- nuked so Alfred Joyner. nuked Deuce Robinson to the point where Deuce Robinson isn't our tight end one anymore. Uh, is okay. the, 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 we're not going to talk about that here. Um, no, but there was five some, class. Ohio it was State. a joke. Somebody was joking about nuking a, a favorite player of Alfred's because he was nuking one of theirs. Oh, yeah, there was going to be retribution. Um, yeah, yeah. Number five is Ohio State. And again, we don't really have a surprise team yet in this top 10. Uh, wide receiver is the name of the game for them that here this year. Brandon Ennis, Noah Rogers, Carnell Tate, all top 45 players in the class for us. And all of them are either five stars or very, very close to it in the action in the 24-7 composite. We also had Bryson Rogers, who's a lower rated wide receiver coming in, but I've heard some good things about Rogers, um, like in terms of like, you know, people around um, college football. Uh, they also do bring in a quarterback. They finally got a guy, Lincoln Kineholes. Um I want to like Lincoln Kineholz, but that dude's never going to play there in a bajillion years. And then Jelani Thurman, a tight end, who's headed there as well, who's a pretty athletic guy. Yeah, I think this, obviously, the the thing to talk about here is the wide receivers. You know, anytime you get three top 10 by the composite wide receivers, uh, that's a fantastic year. And Ohio State continually brings in guys, continually churns through them, puts them in great position to be successful, go on to be first-round draft picks. I think Ennis is my favorite out of this group, so he would be my pick here. Um, And I know I've heard you guys talk about not really knowing what to do with Noah Rogers. I like Noah Rogers' game, but I feel like I don't know if it's going to translate well at Ohio State. Like, I don't – I think he could be good – but I don't know if he's going to be Ohio State wide receiver room good. He's pretty raw right now. Um, so I, I think he's going to end up being a zero, which, again, we can talk about that one later. But uh, Noah Rogers is a guy that I, I, mean, I just I don't know what to do with at this point either. Um, I don't mean I don't have really have anything else to talk about these guys. I really like Brandon Ennis. I think he's going to be a star there. Um, the rest of the guys I could see going either way. Um Number six class here is Oklahoma. And well, back to Ohio State just real quick. Was it surprised yeah. you that they didn't really bring in any running back? Uh, I think they did get a kid who's lower rated. He's very, very uh, lowly rated. We haven't graded. We haven't given him a grade okay. yet. Um, they desperately tried. When Ruben Owen, they were trying to flirt with, flirt with Ruben Owens for a little while. Um, after they lost Mark Fletcher, um, they needed another back. So I don't know what they'll do. They might need to hit the portal. Um and it's Ohio State, so they can probably get somebody. Yeah. But just given that um, it's the the assumption that Travion's leaving after this year, I would assume mine Williams leaves either this year or after this coming year. Um, and then that would leave them very, very thin. They have Hayden, who we like, but still. Losing Mark Fletcher was probably addition by subtraction, though. Like, not to be a jerk about any player that we're going to talk about here tonight, but Mark Fletcher is... He's rated fairly highly by the services, and I can't get it because this dude is a zeroth percentile athlete out there. Like, it doesn't take a genius to watch this dude and realize that he can't move at all. He's just a tank. Um, maybe switches to fullback or something. Um, but uh, just a weirdly rated player in this year's class. Oklahoma, number six. Uh, a pretty well-rounded class overall. Jackson Arnold is our QB4, I believe, um, and he's our 11th overall player. He is a five-star top player in their class two wide receivers Keon Brown who are much higher than the services on we have him as our 42nd overall player uh Jaquazy Petaway the other one I like him Petaway as well 
then Dylan Smothers and Caleb Hicks at running back, 47th and 67th overall. And then they do bring in, again, another lower-rated tight end there in Cade McIntyre. I mean, this team, Sid Arnold for a year, and then unleash him um, while they kind of build up around him. I think it's going to be an interesting offense while he's there. He's a good player. He He's kind of Club Nick-ish. Like, he's a little thicker than Club Nick, but, I mean, kind of underwhelming. Then you put him in a game, and, like, it's go time, and he kind of guy kind of just, like, turns up a little bit. Yeah, I've seen some people have Arnold as their QB one, and I think he's fine. I just I don't know. I don't see it with him. I think he's the type of guy who could be a really good college quarterback, but he he's got some things he definitely needs to clean up. His deep ball accuracy looks really good sometimes, and other times looks atrocious. His footwork is pretty sloppy in the pocket. Throws off his back foot too often which i think leads to some some issues with ball placement there um so he's got some things that he definitely needs to clean up his arm strength is fine it's not a cannon but i think people are are seeing oklahoma and what he did at uh the elite 11 and probably what he's expected to do with the all-american bowl this week i mean i've seen some things saying that he's been looking really good coming out of those practices um but i don't know i just I'm a little bit lower on him than, than some other uh, places right now. I just, I don't know. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Arnold. I think he could be really good for college fantasy football, but we'll see about the NFL. You know, Colin, people accuse me of being a hater, but the real hater here is you. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I always get a, I, I always get away with it. Always has been. Yeah. Yeah. You bum. Um, I, I like Arnold. I, I like him for what he is. I think after the top, I mean, this, this is it for every quarterback class. This is not unique. I actually right. – I know we've soured on this quarterback class as a whole. I think I actually like it. Yeah. Um, still, after the top two or three guys probably in a class, you probably don't feel that great about projecting for the NFL. So I think at that point it's kind of, you know, do they have a chance outside chance? Yes. And then what can they do while they're in college? Can they be crazy productive while they're there? Like is there a path to playing time? What is their skill set? Like are they attached to a good offensive coordinator or head coach? play caller, et cetera. Um, so I, I like all those peripheral things about him. Do I feel great about projecting him to the NFL? Not great, but I also th- could easily see in three or four years him being a first-round draft pick. Like, I, I could. I could see him being a day-two pick. Like, I, I think that he's more than talented enough to get there. I'm not going to – I don't know what odds you'd have to give me for me to bet that. <laughs> it would have to be pretty long um, to put any sort of decent money on it. But, I mean, it, yeah, I, I could see him doing that. It seemed with, like – I don't even really like Nico. I don't think he's an NFL quality quarterback, but yet he's going to Tennessee. He's going to play for Josh Heupel and he's going to have a lot of opportunity to play there uh, and put up some serious points. Like, so that, I mean, some of these guys, like I just have to rank highly because I think the situation is so good. Like if a quarterback had gone to Washington, they would have kind holes. I had ranked pretty highly. And then once he went to Ohio state, I dropped them pretty significantly. Um, Again, just because like, I I like the opportunity and the landing spot and, and kind of all these things. So we'll see with Arnold. I really, really like him. The only other guy that I really want to talk about here, Colin, is Keon Brown, who I love. Like, I just think this dude is pretty athletic. Of like the big wide receivers in this class, he's like six two, six three. Like he he's built like Julio Jones, and that's not what I'm comping into because he's not the smooth athlete that Julio is. But like, if you just kind of like took like their outlines and put them over top of each other they might they might be like exactly the same they look very very similar from like a body perspective this is a kid that was like not ranked at all he was a little bit going into his senior year his the offseason last year 
and then blew up a bunch of camps. Got like a Bama offer, an Oklahoma offer, uh, a bunch of other big ones as well. So like this is a kid where I don't know that his position in the composite meets what this kid can do, especially going to a big program like Oklahoma that isn't that deep at wide receiver right now. I think he can I, – I, like I don't know that he's going to blow up year one, but I could see him getting on the field and having a few catches there year one. Yeah, I could absolutely see that too. Yeah, I, I mean I think um... – you know, Oklahoma is a wide receiver room where at least this year, it seemed like they didn't rotate it all that heavily. It seemed like they kind of stuck with the same guys. So it'll be interesting to see if they continue to do that. But if they start to expand down the depth chart a little bit and start giving some other guys some run, uh, I, I could definitely see Keon Brown getting some time, especially if Marvin Mims does leave. Um, you know, where the Weiss is gone. He's in the portal. Um Marvin Mims, we'll see if he ends up leaving, but that's going to open up some stuff, uh, some opportunities there. And yeah, I, I mean, feel who, that who is great behind them? Like nobody. Right. Like we, I think correctly, faded, faded yeah. their wide receiver class last year. It wasn't very good. Um, like I, I think that there's legit time to be had there at Oklahoma if you're a freshman wide receiver coming in and you're even remotely ready. Yeah, I mean, I, they have LV Bunkley Shelton as a guy that we both like. You they know, do. So maybe he takes over in the slot there. Jaleel Farouk is a guy that you and I both mentioned as somebody we're buying um, on the outside. But then beyond those two guys, if Mims does leave, it, there really isn't anything. It's those three, and then they're going to have to rotate somebody at some yeah. point. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's some some positions up for grab there um, or on the two deep. Uh, if you go to Oklahoma at wide receiver uh, next best class here is Oregon Colin. And this was a class that they probably were a lot happier with uh, before signing day. Although some good things did happen there for them. Uh, we were worried they would lose Jurion Dickey, who is a borderline five-star kid in the composite and close to that for us as well. He's our 15th overall player at 0.78. And he did sign on the dotted line later in the day. We already talked about Austin Novosad, who was our 50th overall player here at quarterback. Kenyon Sadiq is a tight end that I'm really interested in. He is a little smaller. He's like 6'3", 6'4", like Evan Ingramish, crazy athlete. Comes from like South Dakota or something, um, high school-wise. So like the level of competition is not that great, but it doesn't take a genius to watch this kid just like blowing past people and be like, okay, yeah, I think he might actually be a pretty good athlete. A couple of running backs, Dante Dowdle and Jaden Lamar. Neither of those guys get me like hyped, but they're both (laughs) fine depth there, and they'll probably contribute. And then Ashton Kozart at wide receiver they also brought in. He's our... 134th overall player. I actually watched him today. Um, he is kind of Troy Franklin-ish, but like dollar store version of Troy Franklin, like 6'3", 190, like skinny, bursty, fast, lean. Um, not sure Cozart has like a great skill to hang his hat on though. Like if you watch his highlights right after you watch Troy Franklin, you'd be like, oh, okay. Uh, not, not super exciting. So I think he'll be a guy that contributes there, but I don't think he's playing much year one. Yeah, he's not a guy that I've watched yet. Um, Jerion Dickey, I think is, is a really good player. Uh, and I think he, that pair with him and Nova sad, uh, is going to be really interesting for the next two years. I mean, you know, two or three years there. I, I know I haven't watched Sadiq either, so I can't really comment too much on that, but I know he is a guy that it does seem like we are pretty high on at the tight end position that other services seem a little bit lower on. He's an athlete, so it's not like he is a highly rated athlete, just not okay. like He's not listed as a tight end. Okay. Um, yeah, Dante Dowdle also, is, he's fine at the running back position. I hope that they bring in somebody else, though, just because I would like them to actually have 
a good running back. I don't think he's bad, but Oregon can do better. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not a super exciting class. Some of the big flips that they had were on the defensive side of the ball. Yes. That's why I still like everyone was saying that Oregon was a big winner. I think they're actually a loser because they lost Dante Moore, and I'm sure Novitz has a good kid and he could be good in the future. I I don't know if I'm watching the same player that some of the guys here are watching when I watch him. I he seems like a a, a high floor, low ceiling, game managerish kind of guy. Like, I, I don't know that I see something like crazy there, like Dante Moore, um, who Felix, I think, kind of classifies Dante Moore as a game manager. But it's like, for NFL purposes, it's like two over Stetson Bennett. Like, it's really, like, it's a pretty big <laughs> gulf between them in terms of, like, you know, future skill, in my opinion. Um, I'm not number eight is the, Miami. I'm not going to put the gap that wide, but I get what the point you're trying to make. I, I like Novasad. I think he has a big arm too. Uh, and one of the things I like about him, got quiet feet in the pocket and he has nice mechanics, um, you know, and he's mobile. He's not going to, you know, take off. He's not a guy that you're going to design run plays for, but he's mobile. He'll need to put on some weight, but he's a guy that I think can keep Oregon at the level that they've been at the past couple of years. Obviously he's not Bo Nix, but very different player, but I think he can be very good for Oregon. Uh, Miami's next up here, a class, in my opinion, without a real true star to hang your hat on. They have six commitments and average grade. It's the lowest average grade in our, our, our top 10 here. Um, Nathaniel Joseph and Robbie Washington at wide receiver. Uh, we don't, none of these guys are top 100 in the class, 104th, 138th, respectively. There are two running backs, the aforementioned. Mark Fletcher, who we're very low on, and then Christopher Johnson at running back as well. They did bring in a tight end, Riley, Riley Williams, who's uh, moderately intriguing, and then Emery Williams, who is a lower-rated quarterback here. And he's he's an interesting kid. I actually don't know that I dislike him. Like I, I think I didn't I didn't think he was significantly worse than Jaden Rashada, who was also committed there. So I was I was kind of hoping that he would go elsewhere, and then Rashada flips, and now now Williams is going there. Um, acquitted himself pretty well to lead 11. I think he's a probably an underrated player by the services. So that's Miami's class for a team that I think really needs an injection of skill position talent. Like if you looked at that roster last year and it was like Trevante citizen didn't play he injured his knee. So it was Parrish and Knighton. None of the wide receivers really stood out. I know some of us kind of like Colby young, but still, I mean, he struggled once teams kind of, I think figured him out. Tyler Van Dyke at quarterback, probably that's not uh, him or um, uh, what's his name who came in last year late. Um, oh, Jacuri Bram. Yeah, thank you, Jacuri. Like it's it's not a lot of stuff there to really get excited about if you're a Miami fan. We're also not excited about this, the offensive scheme, the head coaching's uh, conservative uh, nature. Um, so I'm actually surprised that Miami finishes in our top ten. I was. Um, this is not a class that I probably again am touching a lot of these guys. I, I liked Nathaniel Joseph last year. He's very old, like he, he's a very old prospect. Um, so I'm like I, I'm just these are all kind of fades for me. I think depending on what co- we end up seeing cost as. I was really surprised that Miami ended up in our top ten. I I, there, I haven't gotten that deep on some of these guys, but the guys that I have watched, like I'm not a, a huge fan of, uh, with the exception being Emory Williams, like. He was like consensus QB 30, I think is what he's at right now. But I think he's better than that. I agree with you. I, th- I don't think he's demonstrably worse than Jaden Rashada. I mean, I think Jaden Rashada is a better player, but I don't think it's a huge gap. So I 
I, I think getting Emory Williams as your quarterback in this class is fine, despite what his ranking is. Um, he's got some things that he needs to clean up. He needs to clean up his throwing base. He's got kind of like a weird leg kick on his release. He gets happy feet. Um, but I think if he cleans up all of that, I think he could be a really solid collegiate level quarterback. The problem is the system. You know, did they get rid of Josh Gaddis and bring somebody else in? It's hard to say, but uh, Emory Williams is really the only guy in this class that I'm going after in, in supplemental drafts. And it's because I think you could get him very late at this point. Uh, number nine, Texas, who I think is an infin infinitely more uh, interesting class here. And they had fewer commits, but a much higher team average ranking. Um, so I, I liked what Texas did here, even though it's not it's it's quality over quantity. They get our top running back overall, Cedric Baxter, who's our second ranked running back in the class. They get Arch Manning, who is our QB2, and the third overall ranked player in this class. Those are both uh, five stars for us. They also get Jonte Cook, who I think... By the time February rolls around and I've got to lock in my rankings, will be my wide receiver one. He's barely behind okay. Mikhail Lemon right now. He's been cooking all the DBs at the Under Armour All-American game yeah. this week. Um, Lemon has had a seven very overall player from what we've heard. He does? Lemon has been catching. Oh, a so, been... Uh, Cook, Cook won that competition, though. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Cook, Cook's been destroying the Under Armour uh, All-American okay. game. Similarly to another wide receiver who I wanted to see go there last year, Antonio Williams, who had himself a monster. And he was like the same, like they couldn't cover him, like he was catching everything. Like it's going to be a very similar rise. I had a hot take today. I think Cook could lead Texas in receiving next year, and that which would not shock me at all. He's that dude. They also bring in a couple lower-rated guys, Trey Wisner at running back uh, and Ryan Niblett at wide receiver. Uh, I think we're most interested in those top three guys who are all five stars for us. And I think uh, I would, uh, I, I would be shocked if Baxter or, and, and or cook are nothing Manning. You know, I, I know that there's, there's some negatives around him, even though we like him and we like the projection. Um, but I mean, cook and cook and Baxter, I think barring injury, like I, I just think those guys at the very least are going to be very, very productive in college. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a, a story of a class that has three, high high-end players at the positions that you know at quarterback running back wide receiver um Jonte cook except like it's my wide receiver one um you know I, I love hearing that he's cooking everybody there uh at the all-american bowl uh and cedric baxter my rb1 i don't think it's particularly close i like justice haynes a lot too but i think cedric baxter is just big fast um not too many examples of him catching the ball but he was lined out about wide at times so i think he can uh i, I think he can catch the ball I'll, I'll be interested to see how he does in college with that um, and then arch manning is my qb2 I, I go back and forth between him and and, and dante Moore. it's a qb2 and qb3 but um arch manning just is has so much room for failure he has such a high high floor like i think he as a prospect is very advanced and he's going to come in and he's he could be an excellent game manager um at like pretty you know fairly early because in, in his career i'm not going to say he's a freshman but early in his career i think he could be a very good game manager he's very smart he just has a very good understanding uh of the game as a whole which is not really all that surprising 
Uh, but he doesn't have all these great athletic tools, which kind of limits him a little bit. So that's kind of why he bounces back and forth between two and three for me. But still a high-end player, still a guy that I think is going to be in the NFL, probably a first-round pick. Uh, again, and even if it, for whatever reason it doesn't work out at Texas, somebody else is going to take a chance on the name Manning. Um, so he has a pretty, uh, like I said, he's got a lot of room there to work to work with. So this class, it surprised me that Texas is as low as they are given those top three players uh, at the position. Um, but I, I mean, it, it, that's really what's carrying the class. It's just kind of three guys, which the rest of the guys kind of ding them a little bit. But I would put Texas a little bit higher personally. Um, number 10 is Tennessee. And this is the 10th class. And we can just kind of briefly mention some of our favorite classes outside these top 10. Um, Tennessee... They got a quarterback, which I think helps their class a lot here. They got Nico, who's a our 31st overall player. Um, they also got uh, Cameron Seldon. I don't know. I mean, we, we have him listed as a running back. We have him ranked as a running back. We project him eventually to be a running back. This is basically Rocket Sanders all over again. Yeah. But somehow, somehow, he's actually a better athlete than Rocket Sanders yeah. was. And like, by a fairly decent amount. You think of Rocket Sanders as a really good athlete. Like Cameron Sullivan is legit. Like he's not like in the the Bo Jackson tier, but like the next tier after him, this dude is basically in it already. He's got great size. He's just a freak athlete. Um, so whatever the, if they can mold him into something, I think he can be a really good player. They also uh, have uh, Nathan Leacock, who's a guy that's really risen in the rankings this year. A guy that we um, really really like. Uh, he's our 68th overall player. We have him as a four-star kid. Uh, then a couple of lower-rated guys, Deshaun Bishop at running back and Ethan Davis at tight end. I mean, this is another class, Colin, what we're basically looking at these top three for right now is kind of the fantasy-relevant type players, the guys that will be going uh, in freshman drafts. I personally think we're probably a little too high in Cam Selden, um, but, but all three of those guys I think should go by the fifth round in drafts next year uh, at the latest, and that would be Leacock being the, the last guy. I think the big question with Selden is where he ends up playing. I know we're projecting him at running back, and I think that that is ultimately where he'll end up. But his primary recruiter was the wide receiver coach at Tennessee. Um, you know, And he was linked with Penn State for a while. He could have played on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they were also looking at him. Uh, they were looking at him more at the wide receiver position as well. So I don't know where he's going to end up. I think he will be very good wherever he ends up because, like you said, he's like Rocket Sanders, that big, that fast, but he's also even a little bit faster, even a little bit more athletic. And if he ends up at the running back position, he can catch balls. He plays wide receiver. Um, so he could have a very high ceiling for fantasy purposes. The problem is he also could have not a low floor, but positionless guys are always a little bit scary. Um, because do they actually ever end up settling into one spot or do they kind of just end up being a gadget guy for most of their career? The nice thing is that Tennessee doesn't really use gadget guys. True. Like Josh Heupel does not really use gadget guys. I think everyone there in his offense for the most part has a pretty defined role. Uh, I know they used Princeton fan in like kind of a variety of ways, but yeah. it was more, it was like H back tight end, not like we're splitting them out like wide and we're going to run them down the field. And then the next player, we're, you know, like we're just going to try to get a screen in his hands. Like that's not really, that, that's not really what they did with him. I, so I think that Tennessee will figure out a spot for him and put him there early and try to coach him up in that spot. So that that's the good news for, 
in my opinion, for his yeah. projection moving forward. I don't know that's an I don't know that I've like consciously factored that into my rankings, but uh is definitely something that I think should be considered um when talking about him and not sending him to one of these places that maybe, yeah, they they don't give him a position ever there. And then the NFL kind of has to try to figure it out, assuming he yeah. makes it that far based just purely on that athletic ability. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, looking at Nico, um, I think he's a guy who's going to be really good for CFF. I don't know if I see it at the NFL level yet. And, and just something that I noticed when I was watching his tape is he's always way behind the play. Like even like on run plays or like on screen passes, like he just stands there afterwards. It's not necessarily like, a bad thing you don't really want your quarterback like running downfield and laying blocks on safeties or, or linebackers or anything but i just found it was always it was a little odd he was just always very far behind the play so just um one thing that stood out to me that was you know non uh player eval related all right, so that's our top top ten, Colin. Uh, do you want me to go through the rest of the, the twenty five, and we won't t- touch on the players, but just to kind of give what our top twenty five classes were, and then you can pick out a couple of classes that you really like, or maybe just one that you really really like. Does that work? Yeah, for you? Okay. yeah, that works. All right, so next up we have Louisville, who did retain most of their class, uh, even with the coaching changes off season. Uh, hint the hint hint money talks. Number twelve Notre Dame. Number thirteen UNC North Carolina. There. Number fourteen Florida State. Number fifteen Florida. Number sixteen Clemson. And that's going to be a little shocking to some people because they had uh, a highly rated quarterback there in Chris Vizina. We do not like Chris Vizina. And then they've got basically nothing else interesting there at all coming in. Uh, number seventeen is Arkansas. Number eighteen Michigan. Another you know one that you would expect to maybe finish a little higher. UCLA at nineteen. West Virginia at twenty. They've got some. Uh, interesting guys and potentially one or two more coming in there. So we'll see what they do. They've got a lot of opportunity. That's going to be a spot to watch as the offseason goes on. Texas Tech, number 21. Pitt, 22. Hey, Colin, did you hear that? Pitt, 22. I I haven't heard Penn State yet. We haven't even graded all of these guys for Penn State yet. But this also isn't the strength of Penn State's class this year. Uh, They got the offensive guys last year, and this year they're loading up on the offensive line, the defensive side of the ball. So that's whatever fine. you have to whatever you have to tell yourself to sleep at night, buddy. Twenty three is Mizzou, twenty four Ohio State, and twenty five Utah. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you have a, a a class that you really really like that sticks out? I mean, I, preferably not in the top ten, but if if top ten <laughs> is what's calling to you, then go for it. Um. So with the top with we were talking about a pre-show with these guys in this class. Uh, all of the top teams have gotten like all the best guys and it was kind of uh annoying Uh, i mean like because last year we talked about tennessee and that class you know um and some of the guys that that came in there that we really liked and the year before that we talked about cal and we talked about their class how we liked j michael sturdivant and uh maven anderson and and some of those guys kai milner although you know who knows when he's gonna play um, there really isn't one of those this year per se, but I will say I really like the top two guys for Arkansas. Um, I like Isaiah Agustave. Um, I think that that's a really nice addition to that running back room, and I think he can step in and take over once Rocket Sanders leaves, presumably next year. Um, I, I think he'll really fit what they want to do as a running back. And then Malachi Singleton, I think, is a 
great fit at Arkansas as a KJ Jefferson replacement. The only problem with that is they brought in Colby Criswell. And I don't know exactly how that's going to work between them. Um, but I think Malachi Singleton could be really, really good for, for fantasy purposes uh, in college. Um, and then we have uh, their top wide receiver, um, Davian Dozier. It looks like we have him ranked at 133. I have not graded him yet. They also have two tight ends in this year's class, um, Shamar Easter and Luke Haas, who are uh, inside our top 200. Um, so they have a couple of guys there that that's interesting. But I, the top two are the guys that I like the most for Arkansas. Yeah, I, I like both of those guys, too. We'll see um, with Chris while going there, how, how long do I wait for Singleton then? Um, so, but it'd be interesting to watch. Very, very good runner. Um, I have, I have two that I want to highlight real quick, Colin, and neither of these teams got a lot of volume, but I think the players that they did get are really, really interesting. Uh, Michigan state is one class that I actually sneakily really, really like. And I think we sneakily really like them too. We haven't graded their whole class, although they don't have a lot of interesting guys coming in to necessarily sit down and watch, but we, they do have Sam Levitt, who's my QB six and our 14th overall player. Uh, a very high four star, essentially like a, again, these are kind of equivalent, but uh, uh, ranking for us, we really, really like Sam Levitt. Um, and then Jalen Smith is going there as well. A wide receiver. That's really lowly rated the, the, the services, you know, I'm never going to say this sitting here and say that, you know, we're, we're you know, outsmarting the services, although we did very comparably, if not better uh, than them at a lot of the positions uh, from last year as, as these guys are, are, were freshmen and we've kind of analyzed uh, how they all performed after their freshman year. But Jalen Smith is a guy that went to the same high school as Matthew Golden. He stepped into his role this year and was very, very productive for them. He's been incredibly versatile, so he doesn't have gaudy wide receiver stats, but it's also because they've had him play a bunch of Wildcat quarterback because they didn't have a QB for a while. They had him line up a little bit at running back and take some handoffs because they didn't have a ton of talent at running back. He did a little bit of everything. He's like 6'1", 190. Like he's got very nice size. He is a good athlete not like amazing but he's a, a a very good athlete um i think he can go in there and and try to establish himself early especially because the guy that they had last year come in and establish himself early is in the portal and he ain't coming back so he's it uh washington jeremy bernard. yeah bernard exactly yes he's yeah. already committed to washington so and, yeah. they, and they did lose Jaden reed as well like they've got yes. coleman and then like i don't know what else i know uh antonio and, uh, gates yeah i was gonna Jr. say yeah yeah his kids there i don't know that he's uh really any good um so so i i think jalen smith could go play there right away this class would have been like chef's kiss perfect if they mm -hmm. could have also pulled off kedrick riscano who was committed to them until the very last minute and then flipped to ole miss and that's the other class that i want to highlight and ole miss brings in like nobody but they do bring in riscano who i think is a really good running back i said this on our early signing day stream uh i wouldn't be surprised if riscano by the end of the year is their RB two and is getting you know decent touches behind Judkins over Ulysses Bentley? Like it, it would not shock me at all. He's good. He just needs to gain a little bit of weight. He's like 190, 195 right now. Um, but I, I think he's he's like an incredibly dangerous receiver. Had tons of receptions in high school. Um, like I think there is a a clear path to him getting on the field there at Ole Miss, who they've kind of patched up the wide receiver room through the, the portal now. So now with with him in there and with some of these other guys, I, I think it's a, a good situation for them too. Even though again they don't have the volume. Yeah, again, I like Riscano too. Um, basically, being the backup to Judkins there, but we saw that they like to rotate those running backs. So they're very he could very easily have a role there this year. 
uh, and, a, and a sizable role this year too. And he's a guy that I think is going a little bit under the radar right now uh, as well. So yeah, I like that call on Reese Kano, but yeah, they losing Marcel Reed at quarterback. They don't really have anybody behind Jackson dart now because they did also lose Luke Altmeyer. So I think not getting a quarterback in this class hurts Ole Miss. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. Like I know some of it where we kind of like uh, Marcel Reed. I'm not like, I don't like love the guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's he's fine. He's probably again. He's like a top twenty quarterback in the class. I'm never gonna like banish these guys at the shadow realm. But he seems like the <laughs> kind of guy that probably isn't going to get significant snaps at like a a major program. Hey, like a And M. Yeah. So um, yeah, he's never gonna play in front of Wegman. Like um, so, I, I don't really know. But he's not a bad player. I, it would have been nice to at least have for depth, like you mentioned. Right. Yeah, so I mean, I think Ole Miss is almost going to have to hit the portal and bring somebody in behind Dart because they have nobody. Yeah, so we'll see. Those, those are some of the favorite classes. There are some other ones that are still intriguing. I mean, we'll see what Colorado ends up doing. Yeah. Um, they got Dylan Edwards um, there. I also kind of like what Nebraska is doing right now. Really, really interesting. Again, not a lot of guys that we think are going to be relevant in this year's class per se, although I did just get finished watching and grading uh, Malachi Coleman. And he's pretty raw, but I think he could end up being a decent player for them just because he's like 6'5", 205, and fast as shit. Um, <laughs> they also have Jaden Doss going in there that I know some of our guys like. Like, I think it's a good first step, and if they do end up getting um, a Dylan Rayola, as has been mentioned, a five-star in next year's class, it could be a really fun offense there in a couple of years under uh, the new coaching staff there. Um so, Colin, one one final just kind of you know, category I want to talk about here, and then we'll we'll stop talking about this for today. We'll definitely revisit some more of these classes as yeah. they kind of final up and we start getting into spring. And for those uh, new listeners, uh, once, I don't know, April hits, we start doing every, at the end of every episode, we each pick. Uh, it might It's probably even earlier than that. Probably when we release the guide, we'll probably start doing it. We each pick a player at the end of a uh, for the end of the episode, and we just do quick freshman profiles on them, like three to five minutes. We each pick a guy. We each talk about them. We discuss them. We say where we have them ranked, what we think of them, their their, their odds moving forward. Um, so there'll be a lot more freshman content coming out. Don't you worry about that at all. And if there's a particular topic or team or player that you want us to cover, please let us know at Debbie Dietz for me at C two C Decker for Colin. Uh, don't let the the fact that he never tweets for you. He does poke around on there occasionally. And then I do poke Camp's around on there. I answer DMs as well. Yes. So uh, he he is on there, whether he wants to admit it or not. And then, of course, our Discord and all these other places are great places uh, to get a hold of us as well. But I want to talk real quick, Colin, about the year one zeros in this class. We're going to take a way too early look at year one zeros and see if we can predict, based on some of our top tiers, where we think uh, who we think could potentially be zeros for those, the uninitiated eight categories players have to hit at least one. It increases a uh, wider series. It increases their odds of future Debbie success exponentially. If you hit at least one and if you hit at least four, it goes up even further. Um, these are very bare minimum thresholds uh, that are almost basically a surrogate for, you know, effort and talent and the, the trust that a coaching staff gets on you. So, so here are the eight categories are 10 receptions in a C in their freshman season, first season, like first, not like redshirt freshman. That's crap. We don't do that. Uh, 10, 10 yeah. catches, a hundred yards, uh, five carries, 15 rush yards, a rushing touchdown, uh, five kick or punt returns. Um, uh, why am I blanking on what the other ones are now? Kick 100, 
100 uh, uh, scrimmage yards, and there's one other one, too. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we um, have this all somewhere. Yes, we do. So, um, so yeah, we're looking at some of these top receivers, Colin. I mean, who do you think runs a risk of being a zero today, looking at, you know, just based on depth chart and, you know, kind of like maybe you're a little lower than this guy or, or something like that? Well, I think first, all three of the guys at Ohio State run that risk. I think Ennis is probably the safest out of that group. But uh, I think Noah Rogers and Carnell Tate are at risk of being year one zeros because of just how good Ohio State's wide receiver room is, you know. Um, and they're really only going to be losing JSN from this year, but they still had three guys from last year's class that are going to be ahead of all of these guys in uh, Keon Gray's. Caleb Burton and Caleb Brown. So while we love the Ohio, the, the players that make it on the field for Ohio State, all of those guys are at risk for being year one zeros because all three of the ones in last year's class were year one zeros. And then I think you also have to look at the two at USC, like I was talking about a little bit earlier, Branch and Makai Lemon. Um, they had seven wide receivers, USC did, get a catch in the bowl game this year, and no, CJ William was not one of them. So he's a year one zero. Now I think Branch and Lemon are both infinitely more talented than CJ Williams, but they're really only going to be losing Jordan Addison, presumably from this team. And they've been flirting with other wide receivers from the portal. So it's hard to say what that wide receiver room is going to look like. Now special teams could be where these guys, you know, break through um, and maybe they break through later in the year or whatever. But I think both of those guys have to be, at least on the watch list for it. Um, so those would be my top guys uh, right now at this point. And then anybody who goes to Georgia, ask, who, who knows? Yeah, <clears throat> tough one to project any of the Georgia guys. Luckily, there's no one really going there that I love. Again, I know I said that uh, Tyler Williams has some of his fans. He's my wide receiver 29 overall, um, comfortably in my tier three. So like a, a high three-star. Uh, kind of guy, uh, in my opinion, based on on all sorts of different fantasy uh, type uh, items. There, um, I just looking at these. I mean, I think you know, like you said, the Ohio State ones are always kind of tricky. Like you never really uh, want to guess in any of those guys. I like Ennis. If I had to put money on, like, like if you told me to, like just one of these guys hits it, I'd probably bet Ennis just because he's so versatile. And they lose JSN, and he can kind of be a slot guy. But it depends on what they want to do with. Um, like it, it, maybe it'll be um, uh, Fleming and Harrison on the, the boundary with Ibuka um, um, uh, in the slot. I don't really know how that'll look, um, but I, I, I think there's some risk there, especially for Noah Rogers. I think he's the highest at risk there uh, at Ohio State. Um, outside of that, I mean, I'm worried about Hakeem Williams a little bit. He's just so raw wide receiver that's headed to Florida State. And we didn't really talk about him because we didn't talk about Florida State's class in depth. Like, Guys, this is, you know me, like I am not a hyperbole guy. In fact, I'm like, as we talked about earlier, I spent a large portion of my life hating on things. <laughs> Hakeem Williams is legitimately like one of those athletes that comes along at the wide receiver position like once every 10 years. Like we are talking Calvin Johnson, um, um, uh, 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 uh Julio Jones, uh, Julio Jones, even Julio is like kind of not as good of a, an athlete as Calvin Johnson. Uh, who Demarius Thomas is the oh, other okay. one. Like I, Demarius Thomas is my comp because Demarius Thomas still through like three years of college had no freaking clue how to play wide receiver at all. 
and somehow made a very nice NFL career out of it because he he got a lot better. Um, like that that's my comp for this dude. Like he is the biggest, fastest dude I've ever seen in my life. Um, but he has like he grades out like we we can uh, can do like you know yards of separation and things like that. And he is legitimately the worst player in our data set at like all the wide receiver things. Is he's he just an old prospect as well. Uh, a little bit, but he also okay. so he also only started playing football like two years ago. Okay, so we're 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 being a little more forgiving with his stuff because it's like you know this. But I mean, th- this dude has like stupid potential. Stupid potential. We could look back and be like, why did we not have him as the wide receiver one in the class? But I mean, he's he's just just so athletic. So I, I but I think there's a risk if he doesn't figure it out quickly. Uh, Florida State has an annoying amount of players that are really average on that team to clog up a depth chart. Uh, and then I think it's like a foregone conclusion. Like Jalen Hale probably is a year one zero. I think uh, Jaron Hamilton will be a year one zero. Both of those guys at Alabama there. I think at least one, there's a couple guys going to Florida. I don't think either of them are as good as some people do. Eugene Wilson and Aiden Mizzle. I think one of those guys, if not both, will end up being a zero. If I had to put money on it, I would guess Mizzle is. Um, because uh, Wilson can like return kicks and stuff. He's, he's kind of an undersized uh, guy there. Um, and then I think the LSU guys are going to be tough to predict. I, I'm a little lower on, um, on, uh, on, on uh, Jalen Brown. Uh, he, he could struggle there as a boundary guy. They don't really need a boundary guy in that offense. They, so, I mean, I, those are just some names that I'm going to toss out, uh, that I think, uh, will struggle to, to not be zeros. And they're probably guys that I'm not like actively pursuing this year. Like I think Hale is a significantly worse player than Chaz Preston was last year and Chaz Preston couldn't get any playing time there. Alabama um so I I don't have a lot of hope uh for some of those guys yeah I think the two two guys that I want to see the most this year um Tayshaun Lyons at Washington I think if he can not be a year one zero there's a lot of opportunity there for them because it's McMillan and Adunze and then the rest of the depth chart is very meh so if he cannot be a year one zero I think there's a lot of potential for him. I also like his game overall. Lions is a ton of fun for anybody that hasn't watched him. uh, I would highly, highly recommend it. I have him as my wide receiver nine. The, the um, services are a little lower on him. Um, This dude, he's like six to one sixty-five, So, but he is one of the best athletes in the class. He's just fast. He's, and he's one of those that like, don't look like he's running at all. And you just watch how much, get ground he's gaining on everybody else and you're like oh like that dude actually does run really really (laughs) fast he can do return stuff um i think like he's kind of raw at running routes but you can clearly see the early stages of those things already kind of developing with him he's he's an incredibly exciting player i know i'm trying not to gush too much about some of these kids um but i i think he's going to be a very quality player there i'm glad he chose them it was that it was uh, notre dame or washington and ended up sounds like choosing uh, Washington. So that that's yeah. uh, good news for us. Um, segwaying into Notre Dame, though, um, Jaden Greathouse and, and to a lesser extent, Braylon James, um, guys that I'm interested in seeing if they're going to end up being year one zeros there because that passing game as a whole just really funneled through Mayer the past two years. I mean, Lorenzo Styles did not really do that much this year. Um, Braden Lindsay also didn't really do much this year. They have a lot of guys that are just kind of there. So to see if these guys can crack that rotation and not be your one zeros would be really interesting. And then as I'm actually looking at this year too, Nathaniel Joseph, um, with how bad Miami's receiving core is, 
if Nathaniel Joseph or Robbie Washington, if neither of those guys can crack that core year one, like I'm totally out a hundred percent. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of our early calls here, man. If great house does nothing, dude, like how bad is he? Right. <laughs> like legit, like how, how, if you can't go in there as a freshman and get 10 catches in this freaking offense or like seven for one Oh seven, you are not an NFL prospect, like just straight up. Cause they are clearly trying to get the passing game going there. They just haven't really had the horses to do that. It sounds like Sam Harton might be going there. Dude, the Sam Harton in there. Like, I think it's wheels up for a lot of these wide receiver guys. I actually think, you know, I got fooled this offseason, but I might be buying me, me some more Lorenzo Styles. <laughs> might go rebuy him in some of the Double places man. I sold him. Um, I, 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 I like that that whole offense will change overnight with him there. So, um, yeah, we shall see. Um, all right, I think that's going to do it here, Colin. Um, our first show of twenty twenty three. I think it was you know a success. Uh, put a check mark there. Only fifty one more to go. Um, Man, we'll be at a, over 150 campus life episodes at the end of this at the end of this yeah. year. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, very crazy, very crazy. It's um, been, this it's been kind of crazy how like it doesn't feel like we've been doing this for that long. But this is campus life episode 116. Yeah, you know we uh, started this what December of 2021. Uh, somewhere around the holidays, yeah, in 2021. Or no, no, 2020. 2020. Yeah, yeah. In COVID, yeah. The best yeah. time to start up a fantasy football podcast was obviously when there was like nothing to do. Sometimes no football. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the best time to, to make yeah. some decisions there. Um, uh, luckily, all of our stuff worked out. Debbie debate and, and this and some of the other ones, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, not uh, not the best timing there uh, from us. Um, but yeah, check out the other pods on the podcast feed here, guys. Everything on YouTube, everything at campusdecanton.com for all the people out there that you know listen to our shows, support us, review um our, our members places we do uh, genuinely appreciate it uh, we will catch you guys later this week with canton bound the nfl half of our uh, c2c pod as always though guys until then i am austin and this is colin have a good one